When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When I first got to the NFL, I'm drafted to the Cleveland Browns. Like, what's going to give us signals? He didn't tell us in meetings, like, any signals, like, what's the what's the play? And all <laughs> of a sudden, I hear something in my helmet. Like, oh, snap, coach. Like, you can talk in my helmet. Didn't hear me one thing. Get into practice, call to play, and literally busted a touchdown. Come to the sideline. He's like, you know you can't talk in this, right? I'm like, oh, my gosh. Welcome back, guys. Digital Social Hour. Got a special guest for you guys today. Former NFL player, Hayes Pollard. How's it going? Everything good, bro. Appreciate you having me here. Dog. Absolutely, man. It's exciting getting to interview athletes, man, because you guys are different. Try to be. Try to be built different. I mean, cut from a different cloth. Uh, thankful for moms. Thank you for the culture and everything that comes with it. Yeah. So was football like your whole life basically growing up? Bro, surprisingly, I was a basketball player. Oh, yeah? I mean, it wasn't until my older brother saw that I was so much bigger than every single kid around me where he was like, no, nah, you're strapped on pad. You got to get out here. And I mean, day one, day two, day three, I hated it. Hate yeah. putting no pads, hate running around, doing conditioning week. And then it was finally when I made that first hit against somebody and just literally splat it. <laughs> kid. And I was like, oh, yep, I'm playing football. Like, this is 100% in. Yeah. So were you the same position like the whole, whole so, time? So I bounced around a little bit. It was offensive lineman at first then went to receiver because i had some hands and it was like okay like we got to just start handing you the ball off and just seeing what you can do so then i went to running back and as the size grew and grew more they was like no you're gonna play running back and you're gonna play linebacker and then that's where it went from high school to college and then as you you know go on to the nfl you have to make a decision like you gotta play one side or that can't be both yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so having played all those positions what do you think the hardest position in football is Oh, I would say corners. I give corners so much more respect. You know, now that I see it in the NFL, you're talking about guarding some of the best receivers in the world, and they're able to do whatever they want. I mean, you're talking about a quarter or uh, I guess a third of the grass is pretty much you versus another man. you got to stop them from the best quarterbacks, best receivers, and you're going backwards while doing it. So, like, that's (laughs) where I'm like, bro, how how is that even possible? Dude, I can't even imagine that. I mean, there's, there's certain people I can't even guard in basketball. And Tell me that's, about it. That's in like an enclosed area. So imagine a whole field. Bro, and with basketball, you, you actually have the ball. So you can only go as far as where the ball right. is. Whereas in football, you're literally chasing somebody. Yeah, you can go wherever you he want. Can cut one way, look back, spin around. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. like this dude is elusive. I like that take, man. Because most people say like quarterback or running back or something. But corner, yeah, they need more respect. Absolutely. I mean, going backwards and trying to chase somebody running is, is different. Yeah. <laughs> so how many years did you play in uh, college? Uh, in college, I was a four-year starter. I ended up red shooting, red shirting my first year due to a 
torn meniscus that mm. happened in high school that I did not know about until I got oh. to college. You didn't even feel it? Didn't even feel it. Like, I mean, you, you know, like just normal pains that you get, you know yeah. what I mean? In football, like you're always in some type of low pain. Um, but it wasn't until like college, I'm running every single day, two a days actually start beginning. I'm like, wow, like it's starting to get a real tight pain in my yeah, hand. Yeah. End up getting it um, x-rayed and MRI. And it was like, nope, you tore something. You're going to have Man. to sit out this season. And I was just like, wow. Damn, the whole season? The whole entire season. Granted, it was a, a, a eight-week recovery, but, I mean, as you're a freshman at USC, like, you got a bunch of five-star recruits, a but, bunch of, you know, at the time it was Malcolm Smith who went on to win, you know, Super Bowl MVP who was a starter in front of me. Right. I was just like, granted, I want to compete against them, but I'm like, it's no shot to yeah, actually yeah. be on this field today. Yeah. Damn, so what's it like fighting for, like, just roster spots? Are you, like, angry? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cheers. Oh, my gosh. I mean, when you, it's way different from when you look at it in college and then when you get to the NFL. College right. is much more of best player plays like obviously you got to work better than a sophomore you got to work better than a junior than a senior then eventually you can you know go out there mm -hmm. for me it was like I had to outdo the sophomore in spring ball I had to outdo the junior in fall camp and then throughout the season I had to work better than the senior to actually earn a starting spot as a freshman wow when I got to the NFL like that's where a little bit more politics kicks in where you can be the best player but for example if you only pay me three hundred thousand, but you just paid a linebacker ten million dollars, he's going to be out there. Mm. They just invested into that Lamborghini. They're going to use that Lamborghini until right. the wheels fall off. Even though I may be better, I'm just waiting for, I guess, I hate to say it, an injury to happen. Yeah. Which, which you never want, you know, a fellow brother to actually get hurt out there. So you're just waiting for the opportunity that you can go out there and showcase your talents. Dude, that makes a lot of sense because there's backup quarterbacks that come in when the main one gets injured, and they're sometimes better. Absolutely. And I'm like, why wouldn't they play them earlier? True, true, true statement. I mean, I think the best example I had when I was playing was watching Jimmy G sit behind Tom Brady all those years. Right. And when I was in Jacksonville, we used to go up to New England and practice against them. And we would play practice against Tom Brady all week. And then we mm -hmm. got to the game. It was preseason one, and they was like – Tom Brady's not playing this week. I'm like, who's playing? Oh, Jimmy G. I'm like, he's the backup. Like, I got this. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. no, four quarters. He played the entire game, probably threw for like 500 yards, Damn. three touchdowns. I'm like, wow. Like, and are you going all out in these games? I'm going all out. I mean, I'm, I wasn't a starter, so I'm for right. sure. Oh, you got to prove out. yourself. Yeah, I got to still prove myself because I didn't get paid $10 million. I'm still a rookie. Right. I'm trying to get to that second contract. So, like, let's go. Like, you going to put somebody out here? I'm trying to pick them off. Mm. Nope. He threw four touchdowns, 500 yards. And then I think a year later, was when he signed with the 49ers and shoot. And they, they went to the Super Bowl that year, right? Went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, These quarterbacks crazy. is out there, and I think that's 
that's pretty much all across the board at every single position. Yeah. Like you got those hidden gems on every single team. That's crazy. It must be tough on those people mentally because they know they're better, but they're not playing. Absolutely. I think a lot of individuals or even the youth that's coming up, I tell everybody, like it's not so much the talent, it's the mental that you got to overcome. Because right. somebody can tell you you're so great, but we've paid this individual X amount of dollars, like you have to wait your turn. Yeah. So like you have to go in there, practice better, get better, not get as many reps as the starter and still maintain mm. your, you know, mental that I'm an alpha. I've been a dog since, you know, yay high. Like I got to continue yeah. to practice that, uh, that dominance every single day. So it is more, the game is more mental than it is physical, truthfully. Wow. And that's, that's a statement right there. Cause it's literally football. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, man. <laughs> As a fan, I want to see the best people out there. So I'm just wondering if there's a way to even fix this. I've sat back. I've thought about it and tried to figure out if it's a way. And it's so hard because you think about it. If you bought a Lamborghini and you spent, let's just say, a million dollars, you're going to drive that Lamborghini. For sure. No matter what. But if you decide to, hey, I want an everyday car. And I want to buy a Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. You bought that Honda Civic and you want to go to the club. Are you going to drive the Honda Civic or are you going to drive the Lam- Nope, you're going to drive the Lamborghini because that's game time to them. That's right. your time to showcase the best players. And if you invested that money, you're going to you know, re- get that return on that investment. And that's how I think as an overall business in the NFL, that's how they're going to think. So trying to fix that problem, it's kind of hard on their point because – I mean, you got Justin Jefferson, highest paid player, Joe mm-hmm. Burrow, highest play. Like, you got to right. go play those guys. It's yeah. not that they're terrible. They're really good at what they do, and they're, you know, Super Bowl contenders every single year. Mm-hmm. But I, I really do not know how to fix that problem besides taking the money out, which you can't because, I mean, when you get to the league, it's, it's entertainment at the end of the day. Yeah. Walk me through that first contract process. As a rookie, do you have any negotiation power at all? Bro, so – crazy part is when I'm in college, like everybody had negotiation power, like everybody from a free agent to, you know, a drafted rookie, mm. second, third year uh, guys. But when I came in, the CBA had just changed where once you came in, you have no negotiation uh, power. The year so you came in? The year I came uh. in, I'm like, bro, you said it's like, nope, like you could be drafted in the seventh round. You could be drafted the first pick overall. The only thing that changes the the difference between me and that individual was our signing bonus. Wow. So the first pick overall got, let's just say, $20 million, and I went seventh round. I got $70,000 in the signing bonus. Yeah. But our contract is all the same. We oh, really? $500,000 a year. Year two, it goes up a little bit. Year three, it Whoa. goes up. Yeah. Even if you're in the last round? Even if you're in the last round. Even if you went free agency and you made the 53-man roster, you yeah. make the exact same amount yearly than that first number one off. Damn, I didn't know that. The only thing different is that signing bonus, which is a big difference. Wow. So on a 53-man roster, most people are making the same amount, but the only difference is that signing bonus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. And I've heard like crazy stats where most of the money goes to the quarterback and was it what was it, the wide receiver or something? When, when, when you're looking at these teams, a lot of the, the salary cap is to, I would say, the left tackles, the defensive ends, mm-hmm. the corners – and then it'd probably be the quarterback. Mm. Just from the standpoint, like, the most expensive person is that quarterback. So you have to pay for somebody to go get the other opponent's quarterback and to protect that quarterback. Mm. And then you need to have a dominant corner in today's game. Because right. you have the C.D. Lambs, the Justin Jeffersons, the Cooper Cups. You got to slow them guys down. The Tyreek yeah. Hills. You don't got nobody like a Jalen Ramsey, you know, shutting them down or 
um, um, Slay out there, like it, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a tough. Long, a yeah. long game, <laughs> which coaches don't want because you know yeah. a lot of these coaches are on short lists. Like you know, two years of a bad season, bro, they're out of there. They go through those coaches like crazy. Oh my god! Like I would not want to be a coach, bro. I mean, I, I I've done it. I did it for a year, and I I, I seen the tension that it brings to every <laughs> single coach. And yeah, like, it's stressful, you, right? Absolutely. Like you have to be on your A game every single day. It's almost like a player. Yeah. And, and I give them so much more respect. I give my my teachers back in the day so much more respect on the planning that they have to do, the the development side of you know growing a player to what they see themselves and how you see them, right. and how they can you know continue to grow over the years and even the the relationships they have to build and cut players to it, it's just so many things that people don't see behind closed doors and I, I give them so much more respect yeah so you've played on quite a few teams which ones were were your favorite uh by far it was the Jacksonville Jaguars Jaguars yes just yes. good culture I mean the good culture it was it, it was ran by Gus Bradley he was a super amazing coach I mean you're talking about the definition of a player's coach like mm. he really leaned into that I mean day before the game like he ate, he would bring out six to seven food trucks where we would go out there and, you know, have uh, things like bulldoggy over there. You'll have, you know, um, uh, Korean barbecue. you have tacos. you have lit. funnel cakes. I'm like, bro, it's no way. Like, you're, you're ordering from every ice cream. Like, yeah. It's just like, what the heck? The like, day before a game? Two days before oh, the game. Two so days. you're talking about Fridays, like, uh, uh, as we cap the week of the, gotcha. uh, practices. And right after that, he'll he'll have us signed up for massages, cold tubs, wow. Cairo. I'm like, bro, like you can't win with this today. And we would get two days off after a game, mind you. We went three and thirteen <laughs> at that time, but you you don't see the growth until year three or year four. You know, as a lot of these teams that you see, like you'll see a coach get fired and then they end up making the playoffs. Right. That's the same team. It's just they didn't right. give the coach that much time. So mm. the, the crazy part is. We went three and thirteen, and then the next year we went to the AFC Championship. We lost Damn. to Tom Brady, but without Gus Bradley, ended up getting fired and going mm. to the Chargers. But it was like you've seen the growth in that team that he's built and put together over the years, and then it started to you know actually show on the back end. Yeah, how much influence do the players have on the coaches firing? I would say none. None. I mean, none. Oh, like, I always I mean, assume they like put in a word or something. It, it's kind of hard because it's like. The coaches call the plays. You already know it's, it's our jobs to go out there and execute the plays. Granted, if we don't win, we don't, you know, stay consistent at, at, at what we're supposed to do. At the end of the day, it's between the GM and it's between the owners that make that final decision. Mm. Is it as a teacher, as a mentor, as a coach, are you developing these players? Mm -hmm. Are you putting them in the best, best position to win? Are you handling how to grow the bottom end of your roster if your top roster is nice like can you you know reel in that bottom roster roster right. or the bottom side of the roster because if anybody gets hurt mm -hmm. can you do it that's why the the second string and third string is so valuable in nfl because you're talking about 22 yeah. starters and after that you got to make sure that backup is yeah. really good that's why we always talk about like who's the backups of all these teams right. it's like the the scenario with nick chubb we like wow this was a crazy injury um, um, feel sorry for the kid, and I pray for you know his speedy recovery. But the backup came in the game and balled out. I don't mm. know if you watched the game. That no, I didn't see that one. Balled out. I'm yeah. talking about like came in second quarter and just balled out. Like wow, hundred yards, touchdown. Like was just yeah. You got to be the, deep because there's so many injuries. Absolutely. So like that's where it's like as a coach, are you filling all those gaps? Like you're not just looking at like oh I'm just managing the team. I hired an offense coordinator, hired a defense coordinator. I'm gonna let y'all do. Right. Like that's where I respect Robert Sala, who was my position coach in Jacksonville. Yeah. 
and now he's the head coach for the Jets, that he's really hands-on on both sides of the, the, the ball. And he wants to make sure that everything is in tune. Mm, that's cool. How strict are, like, like, is there a curfew, diet restrictions? Like, how strict are they on that? Uh, for certain individuals, yes. Like, if you're, <laughs> if, if you're very underweight, like, it's your job to obviously gain some weight. Like, right. for example, he's my bro, Keelan Cole. He was, like, probably soaking wet 160 pounds. That's it? When we was in Jacksonville. Damn. Like, soaking wet. We was like, bro, like, you have to get <laughs> like if somebody, That's less than me. Bro, if somebody, and mind you, he's, like, 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, I'm like, wow. if somebody hits you, you're going to vanish. Like, <laughs> it's going to be bad. So, like, he, he ended up getting with the nutritionist. And, and and it's a little bit of accountability as well. Like, a lot of those players, like, I want to gain weight. So, right. you go to the nutritionist, figure out if you got to eat two breakfasts in the morning, uh, a massive lunch. Like, when am I supposed to eat? Or what are, what are the best things I'm supposed to eat for dinner? Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you got these huge, like, massive O-linemen that are just, you know, 6'7", yeah. 30. I'm like, bro, like, this, this is not even real. And some <laughs> of them want to, you know, lose body fat. Like, it's yeah. not so much of... I want to lose weight. It's like I'm trying to lose the bad stuff off my body so I can move better, you know, transition better, and actually become a pro bowler. Like that may be, you right. know, that step from being good to great. Yeah, that makes sense. Who are some of the players that stand out to you as like insanely hard to stop when you were playing? Oh my gosh. I think when I was playing, Marshawn Lynch was definitely one of them. Yeah. And you ever have to tackle him? Oh my God. You're talking about tackling a refrigerator, like <laughs> a moving refrigerator. Like everybody thinks I'm joking. I'm like, bro, like, I could just imagine, like, his mom's giving him a hug. Like, bro, it's literally stuck like this. Like, you can't <laughs> tackle that, man. Like, and if you try and go low, he'll juke you out your shoes. And if you try and, like, let him go by you, he's going to run by you. So, yeah. like, he was one of those elusive uh, power backs that it was just, like, you got to bring your lunch pail and your hard hat to <laughs> yeah. tackle him. Wow, that's scary, man. Yeah, I can't imagine trying to talk to him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was fast back. and strong, which it, was, like, rare at the time. Exactly. I mean – I didn't have fear, but it was just like when you had guys like that, Adrian Peterson, Shady McCoys, like even yeah. Andrew Luck as a quarterback, like those were like a problem to linebackers like us because we was like you were dropping in coverage, you know, looking at the zones, like where is everybody at? Like, okay, Tyree Hill's right there. <laughs> like, okay, Kelsey, this is when the Chiefs was balling. Yeah, Kelsey yeah. right here. And then you had somebody where one week you play against Andrew Luck and now he's tucking and running, yeah. but he's not sliding. Or, you know, in today's game, like, oh, no, slide, like, get down, like, you know, yeah, yeah. Pre- pre- uh, uh, preserve your body. Like, no, that quarterback was going to run through you, and I promise you he gave me one of the biggest stingers tilt this <laughs> And I was just like, oh, coach. Like, oh, I, man. The, the, the scouting report definitely said he was going to slide, and he did not slide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you went low? Yeah, I went low. Just like, oh, I'm going to just make sure. Because I'm, I'm anticipating that he's going to slide with his feet, and I'm right. going to just, you know, hover. This is luck? Yes. Yeah, he used to slide all the time, right? Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, I'm going to just hover over him. Nope, he just decided to tuck in and he just leaned into me. I'm like, oh, it would happen on third and three. (laughs) Obviously, we get in meetings. Like, hey, you're supposed to hit him. (laughs) He's a runner. I'm like, the scouting report you gave me, Coach, said he was a slider. It's just, all right, like, I'll take that one on the head. Yeah, man. He's one of those players where if he didn't get those injuries or concussions – he would have been Hall of Famer, I think. Absolutely. I mean, and I was playing against him every single year when I was at SC when he was at uh, Stanford. Right. Oh, like, yeah? Oh, I'm so you like, knew about him. I already knew about him. Like, he <laughs> would literally walk up to the line like, ready, alert, alert. I'm like, oh, God. Like, he's about to drop back, and he's going to take off running. Like, <laughs> say, go. I'm backpedaling. I see him just, like I said, drop back, and he'll take off running. Oh, and man. he'll just run it through. I'm like, oh, this is just a Josh Allen in the early 2000s. Like, yeah. This is a problem. Man. <laughs> You get to choose your uh, jersey number. 
NFL? Yes and no. I think the the individuals that are able to really choose their numbers, guys that get drafted in like the first three or four rounds, after gotcha. that you're pretty much given a number. Okay. Once they make those cuts, if it, if a number is available, they'll give you the opportunity. That's when you can grab some numbers. Mm. And yeah. Can you pick any number? Uh, like zero. So remember, uh, that number change didn't happen until about three years ago. Oh, so like linebackers had to wear like numbers 50 through 60 and mm. then like 90 to I remember 99. This. Yeah, yeah so, receivers had to be in the 80s, right? Absolutely. So now like players are able to walk in, but I want number zero. Wow. I want number six. Like granted, I was in college and I was wearing number 10. I was like, oh, that'd be dope if a linebacker can wear 10. <laughs> now linebackers just running around with zero, number one. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm hyped for them. That's dope. <laughs> Is it true the uh, helmets have radios in them? Yes, bro. It is? Yes. Oh, I always thought that, but I, I never knew. <laughs> bro, I have an actual really funny story about that. So when I first got to the NFL, I'm drafted to the Cleveland Browns, like, I'm first day, like, literally first day. I throw my helmet on, and I run into the huddle. I'm yep. like, is Coach going to give us signals? He didn't tell us in meetings, like, any signals, like, what's the what's the play? <laughs> All of a sudden, I hear something in my helmet. Like, <laughs> hey, he's da 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 I'm like, Oh, snap, coach. Like, you could talk in my helmet. Mind you, it's a one-way radio, oh, so, so he, he can only talk uh, to me. I'm like, I'm, get, I'm I'm having a full conversation. <laughs> yeah, coach, this is awesome. Like, oh, yeah, I'm about to catch a pick on this play. Didn't hear me one thing. Get into practice, call to play, and literally busted a touchdown. Like, I want to say it was, who was uh, Josh Gordon catches a slant to the house. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I looked to him like, my bad, coach. Like, I'm pressing, like, a fake, like, button on my side. I'm like, oh, my bad, coach. Come to the sideline. He like. You know you can't talk in this, right? I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, yeah, all right, that's, so yeah, that's funny. It's helmets. It's definitely radios and the helmets, and it's only active for about six seconds. Six seconds before the play. Oh, so it's not on during the play. No, so like once the ball, once the the referees blow the whistle, you have six seconds to call the play, or the for the coach to give you the play, and then it cuts off. Got it. And is it in every helmet, or just the quarterback no, and so, like? Um, each side of the ball gets one. So it's typically the oh. quarterback on offense and then the middle linebacker on defense. Got it. And then they have to relay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What was it like guarding uh, Josh Gordon in practice? Oh, my God. Well, the crazy part is I was in zone. So, like, I couldn't – you know, Josh Gordon was one of the top receivers at yeah, that time. Yeah, he was filthy, man. Oh, my gosh. Like, he – I was supposed to drop into pretty much the hook where that's the slant window, and Josh Gordon does a slant. I've dropped to the opposite, you know, hook. Yeah. He ended up catching it, taking it 80 yards, and coach like, hey <laughs> – what are you doing? Like, I literally told you on <laughs> in the zone. Headset, what's going on. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's my bad. Like, he was like, I, we, we drafted you for a reason. Go out there and act like that. And that literally was the sign that, you know, I got to prepare and play extremely hard every single day. Man, I, I remember having him in fantasy, dude. He went <laughs> off that year when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. And Cleveland was like 7-0 and at a point. In yeah. They hit that slump. They were balling that year. Dude, I, remember yeah. I was hyped to get drafted to Cleveland and then. I don't know the 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 Cleveland curse happened. Yeah, and we just well the marijuana thing happened, right? Yeah, well, not, uh, yeah, I was just talking about over the whole organization. Oh, yeah. Josh Gordon uh, uh, was dealing with the marijuana stuff. Jenny Menzel was dealing with you know a lot of exterior yeah. stuff, and yeah, we just couldn't get out the slum. Our coach yeah. got fired. I'm oh like, man, oh, yeah, this is a, a tough year. You I'm played like, with Menzel. Yeah, mm-hmm. what was that like? It was amazing. I mean, he was a, a tremendous individual. I mean, he was cool as heck when we were in the locker room. Yeah. Uh, very supportive and active when we was on the field. So I was like, you know what? This is just a, a different college kid just like myself. Just went to a different university. Right. Obviously, he was a quarterback. Way more known. And I was just like, bro, like, I, I'm not looking at you no different. Like, I'm happy to be a part of your team. And, you know, he was the leader of the team. So I was nice. just trying to make sure 
I was able to contribute as much as possible. Yeah, I think his uh, documentary just came out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got to watch that. Did you watch it? Not yet. I mean, I've heard great comments about it, and I was like, you know what? I got to lock in and check it out. Yeah, sure. I want to dive into the post-NFL stuff because now you're doing some cool business ventures. Um, You joined Enclave and Key, right? Yes, yeah. So the crazy part is back in 2017, Blake Wynn actually reached out to me and was like, hey, I want to sign you and hire you as our president of athlete marketing. I mean, mm-hmm. at this time, I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't <laughs> know anything about like the, the the intricacies that come, you know, outside of business. I was strictly football for let's just say 22 years. So right. to be able to dive into that and give that was given that opportunity it was truly a blessing. Yeah. What was that transition like just in general cuz your career ended shorter than you wanted, right? Mhm. Were you sort of like depressed or like where were you at during that time? Uh, I, I wouldn't say depressed. It was much more of like I can mentally, like I said, trying to still play in the league. I knew I had the speed. I knew I had the physicality. And I knew my mind was really strong to be able to still play. So I stayed working out for an entire year. Went on maybe 15 to 20 tryouts with teams Damn. for a year. I'm talking about fly to Arizona. Jeez. Try out for six hours, come back. Yeah. Did they pay to, for the flights at least? Yeah, they pay for everything. Oh, okay. But I was literally for 16 weeks like just – flying into these different teams. Yeah. And it wasn't until three months after that year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go work for Enclave Key. Mm. And the crazy part is Robert Sala calls me a month after I tell Blake I'm moving to Vegas. And that's when I made the decision. He was like, I want you to be my linebackers coach in New York Jets. Wow. I'm like, really? I'm like, well, I'm going to go be a, a coach for the New York Jets. After a year of realizing that, you know, the quality of life for me, the the determination the, the and the way of life that for a coach was just so different. And I mm-hmm. think me at the time having a newborn son just wasn't – I wasn't able to be there for my son and to be able to be there for those players. Because mm. I wanted to be able to give them everything, but I wasn't able to give that to my son as well. Right. So I had to make the decision selfishly, unselfishly to be able to just, you know what, I'm going to just make this leap of faith and go into the business realm. Even mm. though I know nothing about it, it was more of, you know what, Pressure either either burst, burst pipes or make diamonds, and I feel like for me, like to be extremely uncomfortable is the only way for you to grow. For sure. So I made that decision to just jump over there to Enclave and Key, where you know Blake at that time was, you know, we were what four years strong of just our communication, being best friends since the first time we met, and it was just like, you know what, like I trust him, I trust him what he was gonna do. Yeah. I told him like, hey, I don't know too much about this, but if you teach me and you coach me, I'm a fast learner and I have the desire to learn. So, yeah. That was just exactly that step that got me here today. Man, I love to see that mindset because a lot of these these pro athletes, they're the best at what they do for so long. So it's sort of hard for them after to take a step back, kind of humble themselves and try to take it in business. In oh, business, you know? oh, for sure. And I think for, for athletes, and uh, I, I can speak from, from experience, that same athlete mindset that you have, that you're a dog, you're, you're out there working hard every single day, um, you persevere through all the, the trials and tribulations. If you just take all of that and you just put it back into that box and was like, you know what, I'm a transition, transitionist to real estate or becoming a doctor or right. become an entrepreneur, that same mindset will get you exactly where you was. Because it took you, what, 10, 12, maybe 15 years to get to the NFL? Mm-hmm. Just take that same approach to whatever you want to do after that. Because mm. you're not going to get that same, like, we all pray for that that overnight success, but it it doesn't happen like that. Right. It almost takes that five to ten year period of constant grind to be able to get what you want. And even even then, sometimes longer. You're talking about Warren Buffett. You're talking about Donald Trump and all these great business owners. That's 
you know, billionaires at 78, 58, like we're, we're just in our 20s and we've, you know, didn't have the careers that we wanted, but you can still become a billionaire, millionaire mm-hmm. at 30, 35, yeah. and you're still light years ahead of where you are. And the crazy part is you already had a jump start being in the NFL. Right. You know, 500,000, 70,000, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So was that always in the back of your head, uh, the money stuff? Because a lot of NFL players end up going broke, right? Mm-hmm. So was that a thought when you were playing? Absolutely. I mean, my mom kind of instilled it into me a little bit. She's an executive banker uh, down in Beverly Hills. She was like, you need to figure out what you want to do after football. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting my degree at USC for real estate. And I was, during that time, trying out for different teams. I was like, you know what, I'm going to just get my real estate license. And I ended up getting that because I applied all of those things that I've done throughout my whole entire football career and just like, just put it in real estate. Right. Like, yeah, it's going to be a learning curve, but that's how you get better. Mm-hmm. That's how you realize that, you know what, if you just don't quit, I think it'll, it'll, it'll pay off in the long run. So for nice. me, it was just like battle every single emotion you're going to go through and just do not quit. Like yeah. you will persevere. I love like, that. Trust me. So I did that and just realized like, you know what, I don't really want to do real estate. Like this is not what I'm passionate about. So that's when I decided to go into coaching and realized that wasn't my passion. Mm. Then I finally got to a place where after learning from Blake, you know, him teaching me the different things of strategy, how to help individuals more than just sell to individuals. Mm. And I feel like that's where the power of, you know, being a president of a talent at Enclave and Key is today. Yeah. Because a lot of people like to to be more transactional than, you know, providing value. And For that's sure. where it's like, you know what, like if you put all that stuff aside, the transactional stuff will come yeah. naturally. And if you try and just not even try, if you be a good person, genuine, people want to work with other genuine good people. And Dude, I believe that. Absolutely, man. Whenever you guys have me in the suite, I just think of ways to provide value back to you guys. Because you guys don't ask me for anything. Mm-hmm. And you're paying all this money to have me and other people there. You know, I really appreciate it. Oh, it's it's love both ways, bro. And I, and, and that's where it's like these relationships, we want to last forever. Like, I want to be able to call Oshad, you know, whenever the case may yeah. be. And let's, let, let's go to Greece. Let's go hang out because <laughs> we have that relationship. And we've never, you know, asked e- e- each other for, you know, the different stuff. Like, I never, it's like, hey, I need you to spend $50,000 to do this event with me. Right. I never asked you to, hey, can you, you know, do me XYZ favor? Like, because it's all been, you know, relationship-based. We've always tried to figure out how to provide value to one mm-hmm. another. And it's all, we all win at the end of the team. Yeah. It shows, man. You guys just had the biggest celebrity poker tournament like ever. Oh, it was amazing. 72 people, amazing event. And now you're going on a tour with it, right? Absolutely. I mean, shoot, now we're we're really going to lean into it. I mean, with the talent pool that we had and believing that it was just going to be one of the most watched poker events ever, including the WSOP, like we mm-hmm. really want to lean in on that and believe that. And that's where we was just like, you know what? We're going to really take advantage of this opportunity and do our next one in Super Bowl weekend. And now – we're looking for all the different type of talent that want to be a part of it, whether it's football yeah. players, chess, you know, champions. I mean, I don't know if you know Nemo, the chess champion that literally learned how to play poker overnight or, you know, a couple of weeks yeah. before, end up winning the whole tournament. I saw that. I was like, she plays poker? And I'm like, wow. Like, this is this just tells you that you don't really need to be the best basketball player or the best football player or the best poker tournament because we even have poker pros there that didn't even crack the top 25. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what, this is – this is more than poker. This is entertainment with networking involved into it. And I think that's where our generation, the generation below, below us, is going to continue to grow this whole thing even more than it was in the past. Absolutely love it, man. Hayes, it's been fun, man. Anything you want to close off with? Man, just appreciate you for having me the opportunity to, you know, invite me on. And yeah, shout out to everybody out there. It's all love. Let's go. Where can people find you, man? 
Uh, you can go on Instagram. My ad is Pollard, P-U-L-L-A-R-D. Let's go. Thanks for watching, guys. I'll see you guys next time.